0: Welcome to Deep Dive, Coaching for Creatives, with me, Coach Cammie. In each episode, we'll be covering the basics of deep inner work, the hardest and most important work you can possibly do for yourself. I've been where you are, stuck with self-limiting beliefs and other subconscious roadblocks, and no idea how to get past them. I've been through this process myself. I want to help you become your best you. You deserve it. Today, we'll be talking about good juju and the role it can play in business. My guest is Justin Ahrens, founder and principal of Rule 29, a branding agency outside Chicago. Justin is serving, or has served, as an advisor to several nonprofits to increase awareness and raise funds to help people living in the urban and rural slums of Sub Saharan Africa and Asia. His most recent project has been raising awareness and funding for community water projects in Africa through Wheels for Water. Justin has relied on his good juju for smart business choices as well as life decisions and understands the role love and fear can play in business. He also knows it's a choice. Justin's a husband, a father to four, and a creative force for good in the world. I've been on the receiving end of his good juju. I've gotten one of his amazing hugs. I'm honored to be able to call him a friend. Ready to dive deep? what I actually want to talk about is uh, you just radiate good juju and Mm. anybody who has met you would say the same. So I would like to know what role good juju has played in your business. And I just would like this to be a, a role just a casual conversation about what role good juju has played in your career and in your business and in your life.
1: What a wonderful question. Thank you for that. Um, Statement, by the way, I, I, I take that um, with high, with high gratitude. Thank you. Absolutely. You know, to answer your question about that, you know, um, it really comes down to the fact that, you know, when I was younger, I, I was in a, as a kid, I was in, you know, some pretty challenging times growing up. And, Kami, uh, I wish I could tell you for sure why some of this was somewhat programmed Um, into me because I don't I don't believe I had the you know I I didn't purposely decide hey I'm going to try to take this horrible situation right and uh, you know try to make a positive I think as a kid I was like okay this this doesn't feel great so I have two options here I could feel worse which I did sometimes for sure or I can get through it and try to make the most of it and I know that sounds overly simplified, but I think that um, I feel very grateful for those challenging times. Uh, although, you know, I spent years in therapy wishing they didn't happen, um, Same. but Same. what I've come to really find, uh, uh, for lack of better terms, a silver lining in it is uh, as, as we look back on our lives, those moments that, that are, are super challenging or, or maybe um, have scarred us. Oftentimes there's something really beautiful that comes out of that. And so for me, I, I decided that, hey, if I get through these things, right, as a kid, it's how I would say, because you don't know, maybe the future seems scary away. Like, what is that? I'm just going to try to be better and whatever that meant. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, today as an adult. It, it's it's something that I feel. Um, comes natural on one hand, but also has to be something that you continue to form into a habit. So there's, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this at some point, but there's all these kind of things I'm doing now. And and one of the things about COVID that's been really fa- fascinating to me is it really put some of those things a hyperdrive Yeah, when I was really struggling. Um, and outside of the normal, we all struggle, right? So uh, outside of my normal. And then, you know, back in 2000, when I decided that I really wanted to, um, go on my own and this would have been maybe the third iteration of me trying to go on my own i felt like hey if i'm gonna do this i i really and and this sounds crazy saying this right but i just really want to have fun can i have fun (laughs) at some level right and i was um had been around the block enough to know that that isn't something that just happens like you have um A large uh, role in that situation, yeah. And uh, I wanted to, you know, create uh, an experience for myself just professionally, as as you know, being a creative, we are not in a profession where, you know, the alarm goes off at nine, and we're all suddenly a designer, and alarm goes off at five, and we're suddenly not designer. It just doesn't work. I I mean, I mean, how many times you've been on a walk and thought of an idea? and when you're trying to like focus on something your kids are saying you know like oh crap that's a great idea right yeah. no no i really want to hear about your day but i got to remember this idea um
0: yeah there's a there's and, a story by gordon mckenzie that the cows on a milking machine are you familiar with that story yeah. yep that's just it, it that's the nugget right there that creatives are not just you know 9 to 5 just to get on the milking machine and that's when we're creative it comes whenever
1: yeah no, that's a great. That's a great book, by the way. That wasn't over the giant hairball, right? I think what I've learned is that, from a creative standpoint, even from a business standpoint, and a human standpoint, I realized that if I could be in an environment where I feel my my most alive self, then I want to be in that environment. And, you know, every day that's a challenge. Because you know life is hard at times, right? Um, it doesn't work out the way you, and so that is just part of, I believe, how I'm designed and how I want to try to live my life and try to share it with my my relationships, you know, from friends and, and my wife and my 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 clients and and of, uh, of course my kids. So I'm I'm hoping if if there's something that has been given to them, I hope it's the fact that you know, um, how you approach that moment, that day, that experience, um, you have a lot to say in that.
0: I'm glad you brought up choice. Um, I want to circle back a little bit to your childhood. You said you've you hinted at a childhood of not being ideal. And I definitely come from that same environment. I have moved 27 times. I was abused, um, sexually abused. I had no social skills whatsoever. So I was always the, not only the, the geek that the geeks, the geeks picked on the nerd that the nerds picked on. I was always the new kid. And sometimes uh, not just every year, but sometimes twice a year in the same school year. So I, I definitely resonate with that or I, that resonates with me. I understand coming from the, can it actually get worse than this? Mm -hmm. And, and hoping maybe the next place will be better. Maybe somehow this will be better to choosing to, decide, to choosing to operate from a base of love and choosing to create a life that you love, how did you get from that childhood bad experience to the deciding tipping point of you deciding to make a better life for yourself?
1: Hmm. First of all, thank you for sharing that. I did not know that about your story, and and um, I'm sorry and grateful that those things. Um,
0: I am very grateful, and I understand now that my past didn't happen to me; it happened for me.
1: Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. Um, s- similar to you, I you know I, I had um, I, I was physically abused, um, and I moved. I think I had seven or eight schools in a matter of a couple of years, and it wasn't until I was older and actually in college and realized that there are certain things I didn't know because I just missed it, right? And uh, something you said I could really relate to. Um, and and let me qualify this because it sounds kind of creepy too. Um, when you go into this new environment, you learn how to become a chameleon, right? Oh, very much so. How, how do I engage with this? I just got goosebumps thinking about that because there's I can remember it's distinct moments of walking into a classroom or a social environment and just how hard it was. And I'm like, I got to do this again, you know? Um, and I look back at that. And at the same time, that has made me great at new business, great at meeting people, uh, and there are certain skill sets that that happen there that have I think helped me be successful in business, but also unsuccessful in some other ways too, right? So um, <laughs> yes, in a community, you're not really your true self. Yeah. So there's a lot of people in my life that you know, to, if if I was to be honest, don't really know me. And that makes me sad. And that's part of actually in the last year that I've really realized like, wow, you know, I wonder if they would still like me if they knew the real me. And so that's a really interesting um, conundrum in uh, because, you know, uh, I, I, I want people to like me. It's just kind of part of my DNA. You know, I, I don't know if you're an Enneagram person.
0: Oh, I'm, an, um, I'm a I healthy eight. Are yeah, you a two?
1: I, I'm mostly um, no, I'm mostly a healthy three. Oh, okay. um, but that, that makes explain, sense. That will explain a lot about me to you. But, anyways, I share that with you because, uh, obviously, you are in the same boat. We've done a lot of self-discovery on kind of what makes us tick, yes. what makes us think, what makes us happy, what makes us unhappy. And to answer your question, you know, um, depending on where you're where you're at and how you believe the world works and higher powers and all that sort of thing. You know, I choose to believe that there is, a, there is for whatever reason, a, a definite define a divine, um, you know, uh, uh, energy around me that, that, that for whatever reason, um, things could have got a lot worse and, um, kept me safe. And, and in front my wife said this to me quite a bit, she's like, I don't know how you made it.
0: I say the same thing about myself. How the hell did I make it? Oh my God.
1: Or, or, or why there aren't other issues. And and don't get me wrong. I have plenty of my own issues, but, and, and I, I don't know. I can't explain that. Uh, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't have that situation. That wasn't something I created, but also, you know, uh, also the, the tools that I was had uh, equipped me to get through it. I didn't create either. Right. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I I've, I, I used to really want to explore that. And I, and I uh, used to always want to give that to God. And I'm not saying it isn't um, his or hers. Um, I, I just think that I'm very grateful for it. And instead of really trying to focus on that, I I try to focus on the fact that um, that was actually a a horribly beautiful time for me. And what can I what can I take from that and apply it to things that that um, for me now really matter?
0: Nice. And what, in a nutshell, what matters to you most right now?
1: Yeah, I'm in a season of life. I have four kids. So I'm in a season of life where they are quickly going to be gone uh, out of the house, right? I have two in college and two in high school. And I think what's really interesting is what I didn't anticipate, Cammy, and, and I realized it's really, it's, I'm really having a hard time with it, is that these there's all these new chapters coming. And so this, this season of life, this last 20 plus years, I've been a dad, I'm still going to be a dad, but like, you know, I'm, I'm sheltering these little chicks, right. Yeah. Um, trying to help them get through that phase of life where I felt a lot more needed. Right. Um, I'm still going to be needed, but just differently.
0: Yeah. Your and, dad role has evolved and is continuing to evolve.
1: Yeah. So it's really interesting. Um, that question is, is really timely because now I look at wow, all these things. Uh, and, and you know, a lot of people have this problem. It tends to just culturally happen a lot with men, it feels like, um, where they define themselves by their job. And then, um, you know, we make these excuses where, hey, I'm going to go do these things and take on this work and do this stuff because it's for the family, right, when it's really for our ego. Um, but uh, now realizing that, you know, uh, some of those things that I was working on in the past maybe weren't necessarily what I need to be working on and really the things I want to be doing now is spending time with my, my kids as much as, as I humanly can. Yeah. Uh, especially now I, I don't see that changing. Right. But I have a little bit for a lack of better words, control on how much I can interact with them um, at least until they go to college. Right. So there's that. And then uh, really exp- um, what matters to me is, is doing just a lot of work on myself, I think I've, I realized in COVID, it's fact you you, I'm going to say something that I think you relate to um, is you gave me a wonderful um, description of, of someone who seems to have good juju or positive, but you know, I'm unhappy a lot. And it took me a long time to, to um, admit that because that, that doesn't go with my brand. Um, but I tell you what, when I said that and just saying it to you right now, it just feels so good to be honest with myself about yeah. that. Being and that's human. because there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of things that I did and worked on that, you know, were for reasons that I, I thought were important, but weren't. So yeah. it, it's my, the thing that mattered to me now is my time with my kids we're working on that. And then my wife, Sarah and I, we are, you know, entering this new chapter together. And so that means a lot of different things, right. For us individually oh, yeah. and as a couple and as parents. Yeah, And so, um, but that's exciting. That energizes me.
0: Yeah, very much so. And it's it's interesting that you, um, you brought up a good point about being judged for your accomplishments and you as the, as the father figure doing what was needed for the family because it's part of your role as dad um, and looking back and thinking, hmm, maybe those are accomplishments feeding my ego instead. Um, but they're accomplishments all the same. So I think maybe you need to pat yourself on the back for all of the amazing work that you've, your entire body of work that you've put out and the amount of change and good juju that you have begun that has rippled outward. I know you have influenced a lot of other people and seeing you as a role model for what a business can do that's based in love. Mm -hmm. And I want to just talk a little bit about how you choose love daily, like give me an instance where you chose love over fear, reacting from a base of, of love instead of reacting from a base of fear in in a business decision that affected um, affected people positively. And I and I'm and I'm thinking about the work that you've done for Wheels yeah. for Water.
1: Well, let me give you a, um, a small sampling of that. Um, and then I can, I can go into a a larger example. So, uh, this just happened last, uh, last week or week before, uh, there was a client I'd been really wanting to work with, been working on for about a year, right. I finally got the meeting, uh, and, you know, I was like, look how great we are. You know, we're going to land this thing. And then. The project and what they wanted us to do was really not even in the ballpark of anything we'd want right and I could tell from our conversation somehow we'd sort of been pigeonholed into uh this this area that that we don't want to be in and you know my new business Justin is something like just close the deal close the deal we'll figure it out we'll go like this is big you broke us for a year and that was actually that's Justin that was fearful Justin yeah right and you know, we um, work's been a lot more competitive, right? So uh, I'm a little bit more hypersensitive to to that. So, and what was really interesting is because of a lot of stuff I've been doing during um, this last year, I stopped. It's like, okay, you're scared. Um, all right. So, so what is this? What is this really? Is this a lost opportunity, or can I reframe it? right? And so I stopped and said, well, two things. One, I have absolutely nothing to lose (laughs) at this point, right? Because it's not a job I want. So that's number one. So that is actually very freeing to identify that. And it actually is empowering and freeing at the same time. And so I just said to this uh, company, I said, Hey, and we really love what you do. And as an organization, here's how we pour ourselves into what, what you want us to do. And uh, you're going to get all of us. And, you know, and I kind of go and tell the story a little bit and then I say, but what you're asking us to do uh, is just not something that we uh, feel that like we can, you know, provide, uh, you know, the best level of work for cause that's not what we specialize in, but I'll tell you what, I can make you some recommendations for you if that would be helpful, but when you want to do X, Y, and Z, man, we can't wait to work with you. We're going to really just um, do an amazing job for you. And I can't wait for the opportunity. My team was on the phone and they're like mouse (laughs) dropped because I, you know, I, I, I think, you know, they, they probably knew how much, they know how much we'd been working to get it. And then just today, I called them or excuse me, they called us and said, Hey, we want to do everything with you.
0: Well, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. It's so totally amazing. Now the, the, oh, the best part of that story isn't what happened. Cause I've done what I just shared with you several times and it's just been, we've never heard from it again and that's okay. But the reason why that was a love orientated um, decision or a fear orientated decision is that, um, I, we could have done the job they asked us for. We used to do that sort of thing like 10 or 15 years ago, but I, as I was sitting there talking to them and realizing that all of my team is going to be drained and they're going to resent it. And it's such a, it's still a long shot for us to get the other work that it makes it's, it's better for everyone, including the client for me to tell them, to remind them, Hey, here's what we're really good at. In fact, when they called back that other project isn't even on the table, like, they're, they, they just like, we're going to keep that and do it in house. And I'm like, Oh, thank God. Um, <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Uh,
1: so that was really, that was really um, fantastic. But I think from a business owner standpoint, it's really challenging. Um, uh, for example, uh, right when um, COVID started, we lost a ton of work. I had a furlough some people first time ever in 20 years. And that was really kind of devastating. Now, both the person side of it. But if I was to be honest, also my ego, I, I, I loved being able to stay. I never had to, you know, let someone go before unless, unless they deserved it. Right. Uh-huh. And I started, you know, basically dialing for dollars, trying to keep the doors open. And we had this amazing client who we've got got to second every time. Like we we'd get from six firms down to the final two. We we'd get second every time. So he called us and he goes, hey, I had this crazy project for you. And uh, we we had a certain level of sales way to bring in, right? I was going to have to let more people go. And um, he goes, hey, we we need to do eight brands, eight, in three weeks. Because we're going to sell all these different divisions and they need to be rebranded. We can't do it. Can you do it? Wow. And I said, yes, in a heartbeat. And after I did that, I was super excited, but then terrified Like, can we do this? Am I going to absolutely destroy my team? You know, um, I knew we had to do it right. They didn't know that my team didn't know that yet. And so I called an all hands meeting, um, after we landed it and I said, all right, here's the deal. And I just was really transparent. I'm like, here's where we're at financially. Here's why we want to do this. Uh, it's not going to be easy
0: three weeks. No way.
1: Yeah. It's going to be um, here's a a process. I think we can do to make this happen. Here's my commitment to you um, to take as much of this on as possible and, and how I'm going to sell every single part of this. And I just want to have a conversation about it.
0: I bet that transparency went a long way with your team.
1: Yeah, I think, so. you know, it's, it's one of those hard things Kim, I wish I could tell you exactly what they said. Truthfully. I think, you know, that was a really scary time. And in hindsight, I'm sure in a lot of ways, they said to me what, you know, they, they wanted me to hear because and I'm being being realistic. I haven't asked them this, um, but you know, some of their coworkers has been furloughed, right. If I say no, am I going to get fired? That, that's and although, I don't think they ever would say that I would do that, but at that moment things felt crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it ended up going um, actually incredibly smooth. Six of the eight went super smooth. Two of the eight were a little challenging, but, um, and I think they would tell you it was super overwhelming. I don't know how much of the work was overwhelming as the state of the world was overwhelming, but oh, very I much so. that Because I think that it was a decision made out of excitement and fear and, um, knowing that I thought the only way for this to really work is that if, if we can just have this transparent conversation about where we're at, because I don't um, you know uh, we, like we've never worked weekends before. Right. Um, and those three weeks we did. And, you know, that was another thing where I just like, what is going on? Um,
0: yeah. 2020 was full of, I mean, yeah, it was a dumpster fire, but it was full of gifts. It was really, really full of gifts. Yeah. And I think if people slowed down enough and were introspective enough that they recognized the gifts, a lot of people were just focused on, you know, a scarcity mindset saying, oh, you know, less, it was so awful and it was so bad. Well, yeah, you get more of what you focus on. So go digging and you'll find some some pearls mm-hmm. in that squishy oyster. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, part of, to, to answer your question on a larger scale, part of Rule 29, 21 years ago, and um, uh, you probably know, this, I had a co founder and I when we started Rule 29. Um, you know, part of naming it and coming up with the Making Creative Matter, you know, tagline and sort of mantra is that there was a part of what we wanted to do to which we loved it. And there was a part of what we wanted to do that we were sharing that love, right. Um, uh, By taking care of our, our employees, um, doing work that really made impact with no expectation. And, you know, um, then also treating our clients in a way that, you know, they'd want to keep working with us. And we, by no means have been perfect on all those things, but we've continued to try to, you know, uh, do that better, more transparently. We became a B Corp right in the beginning of uh, 2020, which was great. Um,
0: and what and does that mean? I don't, I don't actually know what a B Corp is.
1: Uh, well, there's two things I'll, I'll share with you. So you're talking about, you know, good things that happen, and you kind of don't realize it. But so um, we're a certified B Corporation, and so that's one of um, uh, the the certifications you can have. And basically, what that means is. We're one of about 4,000 organizations around the world that are committed to measuring and um, having processes in place to use our business as a force for good. So what that means is we have certain governance put in to take care of our our employees and make sure that they're handled at the highest level. We commit commit to social environmental um, impact um, work causes, transparency reporting, Um, And then we also uh, uh, have some other um, uh, processes put in place to run our business as responsible as possible. And we're really transparent about that.
0: That's awesome. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, it took about two years for me to go through the application process. It, It usually probably doesn't take that long, but it was not easy. And a lot of the stuff that you did, I realized we didn't have put in place. So in order for me to put it in place authentically, I wanted to put it in place and then have it be a part of who we are. So I can say, yes, we do that. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so that was one of those things where we got certified. I couldn't wait to get it. And then you, you pay for the certification and, you know, um, it's not crazy expensive. It's not cheap either. Right. And so this is right in the beginning of this. I'm like, ah, oh, do we do this? Mm. You know, one of those things I'm like, and it was fear. And I was like, no, we did this because we're committed to doing things better. So I'm going to pay it. And if we don't make it, at least we can say we put everything out there, right? Um, And so that's been a really fantastic um, part because of the community. I could talk about it for hours. I won't. But the community um, online has all these different things you can use to make your organization better,
0: right? Nice. From,
1: From employee policies to how to be more environmentally responsible to how to talk about certain things in culture. It's fantastic.
0: So it sounds like it's that's now your North star, or maybe the it's, north star the, is is brighter now yeah i think I
1: would say it's the North Star isn't just me anymore um it's really the the rules twenty nine has not been me for a long time, and I think that what's been really fantastic is this gives a construct for the rest of my team to learn. Um, from other people than me, I I I don't I don't have any more in some ways to teach them right uh, on a larger scale on certain things of course, but then we are better as a collective than we are as a single.
0: Oh, person. absolutely, absolutely.
1: So this gives them stuff to to um, you know it's great. They bring stuff to me and say, hey, what do you think about this? I'm like, I don't know. It seems like not us, um, or I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Let's let's try that. And it's been a really um, that's an unexpected win. Um, It's been really great about that. But I want to share one thing with you that I think you'd appreciate. Sure. So um, when I started, my company had a partner, and our partnership ended up um, not working out after about three or four years. And so on the darkest day of our partnership breakup, um, uh, it looked like I was um, going to file bankruptcy. I was in so much debt. Um, I literally had no work coming in, not one project. And um, whole other story there, and I get an email saying that we'd won this big award that I had been wanting to win for years, and I'm laughing and I'm thinking, wow, I'm literally won this award and we're going out of business. Like this is such a, uh, and it was funny. It's like I was laugh crying because there was a message in there that I wasn't that it took me a while to see, right? And it was like I was putting all my ducks and doing this type of work and get recognized for it but yet i wasn't running my business well right and um so that was a really humbling moment where yeah i had fear of failure but then also realized like hey i have the skills to do this i need to find some help and do it better and that that finding
0: help part that's crucial yeah and where did you where did you find that help
1: well, part of it was I uh, actually kept Rural 29 doors open because I had a massive debt to pay off. <laughs> and, uh, what was really interesting is I went and took a job with an old, with a client. And uh, I wasn't sure I wanted to take the job, but I needed to take a job. Um, I didn't have any work. We're, my, my wife was pregnant with a third. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, it's just everything, I felt like a failure, all this sort of thing. And I remember when the elevator doors opened up and I walked out and I was like, Oh my gosh, I made a mistake. I'm supposed to be at rule 29. This is day. This is not even day one. This is 15 minutes in. I'm barely out of the parking lot.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So, and all the people knew me because we'd worked, you know, I'd, I'd worked there before and you know, I was one of their main vendors. Right. So, like oh, we're so happy you're here, and, and so I'm crying. I think I'm crying because I'm happy, and I'm just so oh my god, just bummed. So uh, I walk back to my desk, and I am just like, I gotta, I gotta get through this. Like you're just, it's day one. It's not, you know, like I said, at this point, it's hour one.
0: Oh my god.
1: So I go home that night, and I, I'm just, this is a terrible situation. Right. And, uh, I was setting up my studio downstairs and, you know, I, I was starting to do some work and uh, I started writing a plan. I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to pay this lease that I can't pay. I need to figure out how to do this. I need to bring in so much money, blah, blah, blah. I'd kind of put up a new little, little website. I would called about two weeks ago. I'd called everyone on our client list that I had I'd not talked to in a while. So the next day at lunch, I go meet my old landlord and I tell him what happened, and uh, I said, "Yeah, I said, you know, I'll pay you, but it's going to be like forever." But you know, (laughs) uh, is there any? Is there any? You know, can we make out a deal or something? He goes, "Hey, I'm starting a new company. How about we? uh, You know, you can work off your debt that way." I was like, "Great, awesome!"
0: Wow, some work! Yay!
1: Turns out he wrote off the lease and paid me. Oh my god. Then the next week, um, I'm in my office. I'm super depressed. I'm working on this work. I go see the guy who hired me. He's so excited I'm there. And I love this guy. He's great. And he looks and he goes, what's going on? And I turn around. He goes, don't you dare say it. Don't you dare. And I was just like, I know it's only been a week. (laughs) I don't know. He's like, you are here. You're going to give me a year. And I'm like, "Mm -mm, nope. Nope, not not gonna give you <laughs> a year. Uh, I'm 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 hoping I make it through today, right? Oh and God. and I, and here's the thing, Cam, is, is I'm trying to like good my way through this, right? And what's interesting is I told I could have told you at at the moment I was 100 percent sure that me going there was the right decision, 100 no doubt had to be what I do. And I, I I can't tell you what it was. Second, it was like it was like in a movie where I walked out of the elevator and I turned into someone different. All of a sudden, I realized, like, I am not supposed to be here. This is not where I'm supposed to be. And um, and then I was angry, like, why in the hell did I not figure that out, (laughs) you know, a week ago, right? Um, Because also, they were doing me a favor at the time, you know. They were not sure they wanted to hire me because, you know, I'd been on my own for a while, blah, blah, blah. So, I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll suck it up, right? I was trying to make the best of it. And there's people that I really love and and some young creatives that are really talented. I'm like, oh, I can help this these guys develop and create a great team okay this is where my work's going to be right so <clears throat> they allowed me to stay there and use their equipment at night to do my freelance and I remember one day I went out for lunch I came back and I had three new business calls on my rose phone next day I had another one by the end of two weeks I had 12 new projects
0: oh my god that was your sign by the
1: end of the, by the end of the first month I had four people working out of my basement I'm not there I'm at I'm at work <laughs> 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 so i i come home and and uh you know i'd come home and uh i'd be exhausted from the day and then you know i would have dinner I, I you know and I, I you know my wife needed relief you know so i'd play with the kids and you know i'd get them to bed and then i'd go down to work till one or two or three in the morning because i just want to work off this debt right and 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 keep going so it's great so finally one day i'm we're sitting here and Sarah's asking me how I'm doing. I'm just like,
0: oh, I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing fine. Yeah. Oh, just fine. Making it work. Just you know, fine. It work. Doing fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. And she goes, okay. So for this to work, we have to make a new contract and you have to commit to it. And this is going to be about really making rule 29. What you said you want to do, you want to make creative matters. So let's do that. And I turn around. I'm like, what do you say? <laughs> Please tell me you're cool. If I, you know, leave a job. And uh, that is secure with insurance and everything else. To this unsecure, um, uh, you know, company that has gone through a massive bump. Are you really saying that? Which is like, yeah, you're miserable, and this is where you should be. Um, and so, hooray for you know, Sarah for that, saying
0: it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, or uh, just wanted to save me being grumpy all the time. I don't know. I'll take <laughs> both. I'll take both. but basically there's been people like that in my life that uh, at those moments, you know, I, I, am actually grateful. My buddy gave me that job and I'm grateful. I walked through that door because I realized that r I really belonged. I didn't really know that for sure because I was fearful. I was scared. I, I had had taken a hit to my mojo. Right. And I just, I didn't know if I had what it had, what it um, really took to make it happen. And it took someone believing in me, someone like my wife, who I, you know, dearly love, to to see that in me. And that was probably one of the greatest moments of my life is just that conversation. And so I've had moments like that where where people have, you know, tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Hey, here's who you really are. Why don't you just do that?" And so that's really inspiring to me to to have those uh, kind of moments. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and figure that out. And I, you know, since, and that was like 2003, 2004. And so since then, I'm not that we haven't had bumps cause we have, but we've never looked back since then. Um, and I think that it goes back to that, those couple conversations.
0: Nice. Nice. That's definitely, um, the, the operating from a base of love isn't always comfortable and it isn't always easy, but it always serves you. And operating from fear will never serve the long, the long term, the long game. That's- no, it's
1: caustic. It's corrosive. It doesn't yeah. stop there. You, you and it's not I mean?
0: sustainable. It's, it's,
1: <laughs> t- yeah, no, you're you're right. And I I think that um, you know, if, if again, if we were to be honest with each other, with each other and, and everyone listening to this, there's times every day that you're that you're making a decision um, out of fear, most likely, right? And so, I think what's been really interesting. You know, for the work that we do, um, it, it's actually a great teaching tool uh, for life in the sense that we make decisions based on certain criteria, right? Mm-hmm. And some of it uh, can be as uh, data-driven, but a lot of it is gut-driven, right? We're, we were designed to see the world a specific way, and I, I, that's what I love about being a creative. Yeah. And there, how many times have you made creative decisions and, and you feel in your gut um, it's going to work? And if you really and if you really concentrate on that too long, you'd start getting fearful and start second guessing yourself.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well Something. there's there's part of the, the research that I've done is that we have those same neural cells that that we have in our brain, we have in our heart. That's where the entire field of neurocardiology comes from. And we have neural cells in our gut. That mm. that gut feeling we have is actually gut knowing.
1: I'm glad you shared that with me. Those are the kind of things that are really great to understand. About how ourselves, for lots of reasons. One, I think the gut intuition or the gut knowing um, that is a very powerful thing, and I think often it's it's um, kind of like ah, there's no data behind that. Yeah, and that's absolutely not true. Yeah, because a lot of that, even now knowing it's connected, is based on how we're processing. Yeah, those all that different information.
0: Yeah, well, and the the information that we get from gut knowing usually comes from uh, a subconscious level and we are accustomed to intellectualizing and dismissing those signals as Mm. oh 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 until you realize where they're coming from and you realize oh i can pull those up to a conscious level and really evaluate them as something as something smart something to pay attention to We are not just our brains any more than we are our elbows or our earlobes. We are the whole package and we interface Mm -hmm. with the world from this package. And this package can can give more information than we give it credit for.
1: I love it. I love it. See, I didn't know I was going to be learning on on this show today too. Always,
0: always. Any last words of how good juju served you, how it showed up for you?
1: Hmm. Well, I think, you know, it's funny. I, I'm in this CEO group and there is a, um, uh, member there. Uh, she is incredible and she, she is good juju. Like when you meet her, she, there's an energy about her, um, Yet yeah, She's like not super extroverted, but she's not an injury either. She's just, you know, just really, you can tell she's really confident, but not like, like an arrogant way, and, but she's also like a magnet. Like you want to like talk to her. And, you know, I've, I've only been screwed for about a year and I've, I've gotten to know her and, and I'm absolutely in love with her perspective on life. And I think there's parts of me that are like that, but not like, she's like the Yoda of it and you know every once a year we have to present to our group like here's something we're working on get their input state of the business you know whatever you choose and instead of her going through her business she goes hey i want to share with you my how i approach every day and i was super excited because this is something i've been working on i've i've thought to myself hey uh you're, you have these really great moments throughout the year where you're super happy and, and you're confident and things go well. And then you have these other moments that you kind of fall into a hole. You know, it'd be great to like lessen those. So that's what I've been kind of working with and on last year. And I was thinking about when I feel most alive, right, is when I'm having those kind of conversations on the, on the professional side, when I have relationships on the personal side, stuff like that. And, uh, so she kind of went through her regiment and it was really great. And there's a lot of things that, um, uh, that I've done, but she actually makes them a habit. So I'll share with you some of the things that she does on a regular basis that I I did on a semi-regular basis, but now I'm trying to make them a habit, Right. So first she surrounds herself with positivity. So there's actually things that she says to herself throughout the day. If she feels herself slipping into, you know, um, you know, some sort of doldrum, right? She has like a playlist of certain songs that just really kind of make her happy. Um, so I have like a d- bunch of different playlists that I will put on and listen to, you like I have design ones, right. That I get into a mode, but this is when I'm going to the car. And then, um, one of the things that's really been a gift, um, uh, and this may seem super over the simple, but, but a huge gift for me is one thing that I got from this last year is just being out in nature 10 times more than I ever have been
0: you absolutely. Know,
1: eating outside or, 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 you know, there was a, there was like, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven months. I think I walked outside with my wife every single day. Right. Um,
0: yeah. That's called I, in, in Japanese, it's called Shinrin-yoku. It means forest bathing where you go out in nature and you consciously drink it in Shinrin-yoku.
1: We were actually talking about, I was in Alaska last week and we were talking about forest bathing um uh when we're we're walking because there was time there were six of us and there was times when we walked hiked for like over an hour or something we didn't say anything but it was like one of the most beautiful freeing light happy yeah. places
0: we're meant so, to be in nature we're meant to be connected with people yeah we're wired for it
1: there's all these different things that she she does but she just, she does them every day right um oh, and, and not all of them but most of them every day and <laughs> so one of the things I love at the very end of this means you have to understand. So, um, I'm not one of these people, but there's uh, there's 12 of us, and there's like eight or nine people in there that are big time CEOs, like multi millions. You know, I'm not even in their orbit, right? Um, if you want to look at finances, the thing, right? But there's a lot of you know ego in the room.
0: Oh, of course.
1: But she turns around. She goes, "Okay, now." Uh, you're going to do something and you two things. I want you to do it right away. the first thing she does. And and you'll love this. She gets down into a crouch, like almost standing up, almost like a fetal position. And she goes, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And then she stands up with her arms open. She goes, I'm so sad. I'm so sad. I'm so sad. And everyone started laughing. And she's like, and they're, and when they were crouched down, they didn't feel happy. But they, when they had their arms open, screaming, "I'm sad," they felt free and open. And it was just one little illustration. And all of a sudden, she turned on music. She goes, "All right, everybody, let's dance." And it was amazing. Um, like it was a three-minute song, and to see all of these uh, guys and girls like dancing, but like worried about what everyone thinks about themselves, and she's running around like just not even caring. And it was such a beautiful illustration. Uh, I think on a large, larger scale about how we all go through life.
0: Oh, yeah. We all
1: are a person who dances, but we're all too worried for whatever bullshit reasons not to dance.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think one of the things that I, I, I want to be a dancer, right? I want to go out and I want to, you know, you asked me earlier, what was it about, um, good juju or why it's part. Of, I just realized that I, I want to live every day and feel alive right and that's different for everybody um but what i loved about that moment is we're sitting here and you know we're dancing even me like you know in the beginning i was like oh geez been a while right and i'm just kind (laughs) of doing you know uh, the shopping cart you know putting stuff on oh yeah Uh, and then by the end it you know you could tell a a bunch of us that were just really feeling we're just didn't care about what we looked like right and when we got done we we were like smiling and uh, she just goes and says something that was so profound. And I've been, I've been thinking about that. This one statement. Um, and she looks at everyone. She goes, it's that simple. And it just was awesome.
0: It is that simple.
1: And I think that <laughs> I thought about that. Um, this is a couple of weeks ago, every day, you know, um, and so what are those things that we can build into our lives, right? What are those things that we can let go of? If we're honest, right, you got to start there. If we're honest, and you've heard me talk about this in the past, all these things that we say we want in this world, right, why do you really want them? Um, and really, really start to understand your motivation and you can be honest with yourself, right? You don't say it out loud, although you should say it out loud. It feels a lot better when you do. Yes. Um, then you can really start figuring out your your pathway to finding, you know, that, true person that you that you want to um, really be and that person may be really unrecognizable may be uncomfortable you know like I said earlier is I'm being and again I, I still have lots of work to do but as I get more to and more to who I, I believe I truly am I've been actually can you there's times where I'm just like I you know I, I feel uncomfortable with that person but I feel alive when I when I am that person
0: yeah um, it's peeling so- away those layers that you've pasted onto you, either either someone else's expectations of you or your expectations of yourself or the limits that you put on yourself and you've pasted all these later layers on you kind of like a paper mache and it's recognizing that those layers don't fit you anymore and and you're more than that and you have you have wadded yourself up into a, the smallest possible space and shape. And that if something breaks free, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I can move that now. I can feel that now. And then you start to notice all the other things and it's peeling away those layers and going, oh, oh, hang on. If I can do that, then maybe I can do that. And maybe, maybe I can explore this part of myself and maybe this part is even woo. And then that's that occupying the emotions of your future self that I was explaining that it's that it's critical for you to know the kind of person you want to become and you can tap into those emotions and you get there that much faster.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. And so I, I think that is, you know, how, um, I would say one last thing that, that I think you'd appreciate, uh, that I think probably a lot of people would giggle about, um, uh, so from a, a, a faith perspective, you know, I, I research a bunch of things and I've really fallen in love with St. Francis of Assisi. And, um, one of the things I, uh, it, I mean, he would, it, his voice now would be amazing as far as the environment and, and cultural equity and all that sort of thing. And so, um, when I wake up in the morning, I have this tree that's outside my, um, window right in my bedroom literally um giving you too much information but but uh, i'll give it to you context so aside, i
0: love it context bring it on
1: my side and when i have the window open and uh, the way our house faces is always almost always a breeze and i hear this beautiful noise of of the leaves of this tree throughout the whole year obviously except for the winter and uh, i've named the tree francis for saint francis Francis, unfortunately, um, has a disease. Like, Francis is not going to make it. I don't know how long it's going to be. And so uh, my wife and my kids always make fun of me because I'm always freaked out in the um, spring. Is Francis going to bloom, you know, and happen? And so what's something that's been really interesting to me, um, another exercise, especially when I'm stressed out. um, Like, I have a big shoot tomorrow. I guarantee you I'll do this. I'll wake up and I'll be kind of tense about it. And I'll smile, literally will smile. No one's around, smiling because it releases so much tension. And I'll literally will say good morning to Francis.
0: I say good morning to Henry.
1: (laughs) I I sit down and and, you know everyone makes fun of me and and that's fine. And there's times where, um, by the way, in the fall, Francis shows off. His colors are the best in the yard. Um, And I'll sit and I'll tree. It's an ash tree. Okay,
0: ash trees are. Gorgeous. They turned purple and red and yellow and all those. Yeah.
1: He's handsome, but he's got the ash borer. So he's, he's not going to make it unfortunately, but anyways, um, we're treating him again, all this stuff you don't need to know, but, uh, so I'll, I'll go and I'll, I'll sit under him, drink coffee and, and, um, and I will and the, the importance of Francis is, um, to me is that I realize, um, there's so much more to life than all all this other crap that I have that, that buries me. Right. And that really what I need to do that day is get up and live and be my unique self. Right. Francis is a tree, right? He's just living. He's doing what he has to do to, to survive as long as he can. Um, and when the, when the wind is there, you know, he sways with it. And, uh, you know, when it's the fall, he, he looks beautiful. And it's just like, there's so many, metaphors here that i i really enjoy and i was telling one of my friends about this and i'd never have you ever read the giving tree
0: oh many times
1: <laughs> so i i've not read it since i was a little kid and so uh, um i'm reading the giving tree and i am sobbing Oh well, of course <laughs> because i'm just like oh and i remember after i got done with that book i i looked at francis i walked out told my wife i said whenever francis has to be cut down i'm letting you know right now Yep. I want you to make something for me out of it. I don't care who you find, what it is. I just want something to remember Francis by. Because I noticed Francis when I started doing this work and realizing, like, how can I be happier?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. And part of it was one of the things I read. And and this just happened to be this moment. I'm sitting in my chair in my bedroom. And it says, find something in nature and concentrate on it and just look at it. Yeah. Look up. And there's Francis. Right. And then all of a sudden, something happened to me. I realized, I closed my eyes and I realized in the spring and the fall, like throughout the whole year, the summer, when my windows open and the wind's blowing, it's like the perfect nap tree. It's a perfect sound. I'm in my bed, you know, and the wind is coming through my window and I just hear it out there. It's like just this beautiful, like puts me to sleep. And I realized I noticed it, but I never was grateful for it. And that was a big thing. And so when I'm kind of, so my, my advice to your listeners is, like, find something that you can look at and focus and remember, right, that all this other stuff going on in your life isn't important if you have no idea who you are, if you're not grounded, you're not aware of, of yourself. And so that little exercise, you know, again, tomorrow morning I'll get up, I'll be stressed about my shoot, I'll smile, I'm like, hey, Francis, right, and I'll go out and have my coffee uh, before I leave, and I'll just kind of de-stress And, and I'll go and I'll think about that throughout the day. Yeah. And um, as uh, you know, maybe childish is foolish as some people might think that is, I would challenge people to give it to, to give it a try and see if they don't feel different, you know? So it's, it's be willing to dance. Right. Um, And be willing to really notice those things around you um, to help keep you centered and grounded. Um, Those are two things that I, 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 I'm really working on now.
0: I love it. I love it. I have an additional tree story to share with you. I love it. If you have time. I do. So I'd like to think of trees as the perfect models of how to take care of ourselves. Mm. Because trees, they don't think about, oh, am I taking too much water? Am I taking too much nutrients from what's around me? No, the roots go out and it takes what it needs. It's... It rests during the winter because it needs to. It um, creates things. It creates leaves. Um, the trunk is there and that is um, that is part of your self-care. It's that solid, stable core. And then the creative part of ourselves, the, the magic is when we take our resources and we stare off into the sky and we create things out of nothing. We, we turn the air and the sunlight into fruit and we benefit from it. And the tree can't survive without that creativity. We need that creative outlet. Um, if we're too inflexible, the winds can just damage us. But if we mm-hmm. realize, okay, we can sway with this. We can go with this. I can be flexible. I can be resilient you know, trees aren't gluttons; they just take what they need, and nobody around them goes. God, that tree is taking care of itself. <sighs> <laughs> that yeah. whole—that's no, that's a
1: really great metaphor, yeah.
0: That whole yeah. encapsulated idea of we're we're kind of like that. We're just a little bit more mobile.
1: Yeah, and I think one other comparison is really great. Is you know, you know, trees, you know, help purify the air make the air better, help us breathe. Yeah. more right. And something great about that too, realizing that when we live our unique selves, we help, we help not ourselves breathe better, but all those around us. Um, and I think that, you know uh, what I've started to realize is like my relationships with those that I care about. And I love the more I am me, like really me, the more, the greater that, relationship is the greater that love is the greater that conversation is um and even as a boss like the the more i am me the more i'm just better yeah and who doesn't want to be better
0: yeah and it's you i think it's also you allowing yourself to love you
1: Mm. yeah that's a good one that's that's the that's the hard one for me but we'll get there
0: yeah well threes are struggle the most with Love, even though they're right in the middle of the love side of the diagram. It's true. Yeah. And and love is the, it's the most f- powerful non-physical force in the universe. It has everything you need. It has the capacity to transform. Yeah. That's definitely your path to growth. When does love not serve? Like saying, well, air is nice, but I don't need it all the time.
1: well hey i really appreciate you having me uh on on your show
0: for more good juju visit cami.coach c-a-m-i.coach